At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, hoping you had a really great weekend and a great Easter, if that is the kind of thing you celebrate. And if it's not, I still highly recommend the Easter candy that you are going to be able to get on clearance in but a day, if not now. Uh, so definitely check that out. The Reese's eggs are elite. As far as Reese's rankings go for Reese's, I'm going to say that the eggs are top two i don't even know would be up there the trees are pretty good the christmas reese's trees are also pretty excellent as far as the chocolate to peanut butter ratio the trees might be the one for me but the eggs definitely a solid two maybe even a one on a good day so definitely check that out if if that's your thing chocolate and peanut butter how can it not be unless you of course have an allergy that said uh, an easter egg that kind of got me thinking about how there are easter eggs hidden in games right so an easter egg can be like a message or an image or just a hidden feature in a game usually a video game uh, but today i just thought i'd try to find some hidden easter eggs in the nba playoffs if that's a thing. It's a bit of a stretch. In today's show, we'll start with the MLB, of course, because the Dodgers and the Angels are both in Action Monday. How lucky are we to have two MLB teams? We have two NHL teams, two NBA teams, and yes, of course, even a WNBA team, which soon to be discussing because the play gets underway for the WNBA first weekend of May. Didn't even read for that to rhyme. So baseball will be first, then we'll get into the NBA playoffs. Yes, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, even though the Clippers season wrapped on Friday in their loss to the Pelicans. I had Clippers money line uh, in, actually, no, no, no. I had that in the game versus the Timberwolves that did not go well on Wednesday. I stayed away from that on Friday, live it, learn it. But I did have a bet on the Clippers plus 10 and a half that I got live in game. I'm telling you, live betting is elite. 
and I know not everybody is able to, but this speaks to something larger about me for betting, if you will let me go on this little soapbox for a moment, that I think you should bet things, first of all, that you're actually watching. Okay, you don't need to if you just want to try, I mean, but it's kind of less fun if you're not even actually watching it, right? But if you're betting something that you're actually going to be watching and invested in, then live betting is absolutely an option for you, right? We just have to figure out what we're looking for. Usually pre-game, you want to know what you're going to be looking for so that you're not kind of tilted once the game starts and being swayed by things that are happening. Just have an idea for what you're looking for, and then when it comes up, grab it. Um, I'm going to go through and look now as we're coming towards, I mean, really just NBA playoffs time. And look back at my record for the season, but I already know that live betting between college basketball and NBA, just by and far my most profitable category. So you're able to get a little bit better numbers than you would get pregame a lot of the time. And a lot of this stuff with the NBA is so frustrating because some stuff is decided so last minute, such as, surprise, Paul George is not going to be playing on Friday, right? Test positive for COVID, if you can believe it. And so the Clippers had to go without him. So some of that stuff where, you know, I brought on a great guest. Joey Lynn was on Friday. He was a lot of fun. Uh, I wish I had brought him on earlier in the season, frankly, but we know that for next season. And uh, I actually spoke with him later and he goes, I found out close to after we had talked. So we just, we just missed the info, unfortunately. But uh, you don't have to miss out on the action in the NBA playoffs because the action must go on. So first things first, we'll always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. Just baseball odds here for you. The futures for the Dodgers, minus 265 to win the NL West plus 225 to win the NL, the National League, and plus 475 to win the World Series. As for the Angels, you get some longer, more valuable odds, if you will. Depends on what you mean by more valuable, of course. But the Dodgers, hard to bet because they're pretty much at the top of every category. The Angels are 4-1 to one to win the American League West. They're 18-1 to one to win the AL overall. 33 to 1 to win the World Series. So, books not thinking much of the dynamic duo that is Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And it's understandable because for some reason the Angels have not been able to put it together, but very early in the season. You can find all these odds and so much more at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And Bet Rivers has the bases covered when it comes to early week betting fun. On Monday, make your perfect combination and try your hand at the new baseball same game parlays. Then Tuesday, you can log into Bet Rivers and get a 20 percent profit boost to use on any baseball game log on to the bet rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your baseball bets in now let's talk baseball so the dodgers beat the reds on sunday nine to one swept the four game series that is more like it i know some people a little bit of concern which hilarious because this baseball season is so long but a little concerned with the Dodgers starting their season you know one and two versus the rockies of all teams but as you can see it is the very talented team that we know and perhaps love if you are a Dodgers fan. Uh, Heaney, by the way, dominant in his second start as a Dodger versus the Reds on Sunday. His slider was looking nice. It was looking sharp. Uh, he got swings on 14 of 22, or he got whiffs on 14 of 22 swings. Uh, very efficient through 56 of 89 pitches for strikes. And basically just gave the Reds no room to breathe. Uh, most strikeouts for him since August 2019, giving up only three walks and one hit. So great, great showing by him, which is really exciting because you'd like to see him kind of uh, have a truly elite season, if you will, or a good season. So it looks like at least on the right track for these first two games for Heaney. But next up, the Dodgers and the Braves. 
on Monday, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, so that's 7, 10 Pacific time. Three-game series at Dodger Stadium, so that means I'm going to be driving nowhere near there for the next, what, three days? <laughs> the Dodgers are 7-2 and two right now. Braves 5-6. and six. Little muddy start, if you will. They went 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Uh, but the Braves, if you will remember, are the team that eliminated the Dodgers from the postseason in route to winning the World Series. Now, that said, the Dodgers are favored here. Uh, most spots... Minus 190 would be a generous, minus 192, minus 200, like laying $2 basically with the Dodgers is what you're looking at for the money line. The Braves will be something around plus 164, 175 even saw. Uh, so definitely try to get your best number. And it makes sense why we're seeing the Dodgers so heavily favored here because on the mound for the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, who, yes, 1-0 so far for his starts, and you may have forgotten because I didn't talk about it extensively or anything with Ryan Rothstein on Friday's show, but he came so close to having a perfect game, was pulled out six outs shy of it, and it caused a bit of controversy in the baseball world because a perfect game is virtually unheard of. Uh, so few of them, 23 ever in the history of the MLB game. So a little bit of uh, discord on that. Uh, that said, his strikeout prop for this game is seven and a half is what I'm finding. Over is plus money at plus 120. The under, of course, juice because seven and a half, a high, a high number for a strikeout prop. But if there's someone who could do it, Clayton Kershaw, not necessarily something I would want to bet the under on, especially because it is juiced. Uh, as for the Braves, Huascar Yanoa, that's my best my best uh, pronunciation of that. Uh, he's 0-1 for his start so far. Again, we're so early in this season, so I do want to just asterisk this with not something that I'm super excited to bet right now just because I want to kind of see what these teams look like. I'd like there to be a little bit of a compilation of stats before we start getting in. But that said, on the other end of the coin, or other side of the coin, rather, this is sometimes you can get really good value. Like we talked about how the Dodgers were minus 135 at one point last week probably as a reaction to how they looked versus the Rockies. You're not going to see something like that. You're going to see what we're seeing here where they're almost minus 200 on the money line. So sometimes those earlier games, we can get some good value because again, everything hasn't really shook out to know what it's going to look like, but we do know how good this Dodgers team is. And the books certainly know that said, you know, for the Braves four and a half strikeouts is his strikeout prop juice to the over, which is interesting. Total for this game is set at eight in some spots. I think. Man, they really tempt you with that eight, right? Nine is usually maybe what we're used to seeing. Ten for really high-scoring games. But eight makes you tempted to look at an over. I definitely want to look for it in the first five because we do have Clayton Kershaw on the mound. But who knows? Maybe these Dodgers batters are just going to eat up uh, the Braves pitcher here. So eight is tempting. Dodgers are 4-0 at home right now. They're on a six-game win streak. Meanwhile, like I mentioned, the Braves 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They actually, uh, the Dodgers, by the way, have won 19 straight games at Dodgers Stadium. So this would be game number 20 for them. Uh, they rank first in runs per game, first in stolen bases. Again, very early in the season to be making these kind of <laughs> notifying you about. But that said, fourth in batting average, second in ERA, first in whip. Uh... In case you missed it, the Dodgers are a stacked baseball team, but they've not had a true test yet this season. Again, what are they? Seven and two. We're nine games into the season for the Dodgers. Uh, seven wins in for those of you with the over on the win total, which I believe is around, what, 96 or so? 
this is going to be the first true test for them versus Braves team. Dave Roberts kind of alluded to that uh, in being asked about this game after the Reds game on Sunday. Uh, he didn't want to say that this was a measuring stick, but it's going to be a first true challenge for them. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. That said, the Dodgers have been dominant so far. Uh, Blake Harris of ESPN Los Angeles tweeted this out. He said the Dodgers started this past week. Andrew Heaney, uh, 10.1 innings pitched, zero earned runs, 16 strikeouts. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, seven innings pitched, zero earned runs, 13 strikeouts. Walker Bueller, 5.2 innings pitched, two earned runs, four strikeouts. Julio Urias, five innings pitched, zero earned runs, five strikeouts. And then Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson together, eight innings pitched, one earned run, and six strikeouts. Just nasty, nasty stats. Uh, home run leaders for these teams, Marcelo Zuna, four home runs for the Braves. If you want to bet a hitting prop or a home run prop even it's Marcelo Zuna for me and then Austin Barnes two home runs for the Dodgers I think his batting average really high as well so definitely two people to look at if you're looking at hitting and then the Angels also in action so we'll move over to the Angels now they beat the Rangers on Sunday eight to three which is nice because they did lose that first one against them but they did win the final three of the four game series covered the run line in all of those games and all of those games had nine or more runs. So the lowest scoring game had nine runs. Uh, Jimmy Hergert, by the way, posted a career-high five strikeouts uh, in two innings pitched. And in case you missed it, over the weekend, on Friday, first pitch of the game, Shohei Otani, home run. Finished with two in that game, by the way. And he had one on Saturday. Three RBIs in both of those games. That is why this team is so much fun to watch. It's almost, it's like a little unfair, right? Because you'd like them to be more considered a contender in a lot of ways. But even when they're not, this is a team that I want to go watch or go to the ballpark because you want to go watch Shohei Otani. It's, I mean, it's unreal. Uh, he started out the year 3-21 and at the plate, but certainly seems to have turned a corner. So that is good news for at least Shohei Otani fans and Angel fans by extension. Next up, Monday, Angels at the Astros. So another another uh, tough task here. We talked about the Dodgers facing the Braves. That's going to be their first real challenge. Angels at the Astros in Houston. The Angels money line here, plus 135 to 140 or so. Astros money line, the consensus, minus 160 or so. Total, nine. Uh, Michael Lorenzen, uh, going to be pitching on the mound for the Angels. He had seven strikeouts in his first and only start this season. It was a win for him, but it was versus the Marlins. Okay, now I know the Marlins just beat a team like 11-4 to or something. That they, the Phillies, I believe, actually, who they had no business beating. <laughs> I'm sorry. Apologies. But, uh, yes, Lorenzo's going to have a very different challenge from the Marlins as he faces the Astros, especially in Houston. Uh, his strikeout prop, four and a half is what I'm seeing. Over is plus money, around plus 125 or so. I don't hate that, to be honest with you. A little bit of plus money. I am no prop queen like Miss uh, Ariel Epstein, who you have perhaps heard of if you're familiar with Twitter and betting. Uh, she does give out great strikeout props and does some work with MLB Network. Just started a new five-day-a-week show with them. Going to get her on the show promptly because I can't wait to pick her brain on some of these props but I don't hate the idea of Lorenzen over four and a half uh, at plus money Luis Garcia pitching for the Astros most likely again everyone should know this by now but but maybe you don't I say everyone should know this betting listed pitcher right if you're going to be betting first fives especially money lines on games whatever just make sure you bet listed pitcher uh, because you can just bet a team 
to win a game, but make sure when you're betting the team to win the game that it's with this pitcher starting because it's such a huge part of the handicap, right? You don't want to just be tossing in the wind. So listed pitcher is crucial. Um, so again, Luis Garcia supposedly pitching for the Astros with his signature unconventional windup. Uh, I quite enjoy, actually. But I, uh, I have that kind of personality type where I enjoy somebody to kind of zag when everybody else is zigging. Uh, but Luis Garcia, strikeout prop at four and a half right now. Juice to the over in most spots. I don't mind a look to the under here. Uh, I think the Angels have been hitting well. But uh, let's just remind you about Luis Garcia. He put up 155 innings of 3.4A, 4.8, excuse me, ERA baseball. With a 9.68 strikeouts per nine innings, which uh, Greg Peterson, who came on last week, told us about that stat. Definitely loves looking at strikeouts per nine. And then uh, also came in second place for Rookie of the Year. So uh, not necessarily somebody that you want to be looking to bet against. Uh, I like the over more on Lorenzen, but maybe that's just me being positive. Uh, some trends from the game. Astros are three and two in their last five. And the totals have gone over in one of the Astros' last five games. As I mentioned, the Angels' other side of the thing, they've been scoring a lot, as have their opponents. So could we see an over here? Again, total sitting around nine? Perhaps. We'll see. Coming up, NBA playoffs to talk about. The Clippers lost Friday, but the show must go on. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Still Danielle Avari, still here, and that is not something you can say about the Clippers. Their season wrapped up on Friday in a loss to the Pelicans, 105 to 101. Man, Ty Lue and his roster of role players did everything possible to make this team stay above 500 without Paul George most of the season, without Kawhi all of the season. Uh, and without Luke Kennard in these critical final games that led up to their final, real real final game versus the Pelicans on Friday, just did everything to make this postseason happen for this team. And Paul George came back. Norman Powell came back. It looked like this is, I, I, I mean, in case you missed it, I did a show with JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA analyst at VEASAN, hardwood handicappers. We talked about what's the ceiling for this team and the, what a terrible team it would be to face. Uh like the Pelicans had to, like the Timberwolves had to in the situations that they did because it didn't seem like an eight-seed team when you have Paul George back in the mix and when you've added Norman Powell and when Luke Kennard is healthy and not hurt. But none of those things necessarily came to fruition. I saw this as a team that could go as deep as the Western Conference Finals, and instead, Paul George tests positive for COVID Friday, has to sit out versus the Pelicans, and then it seems like they're going to rise above and do this anyway. I didn't bet a pre-flop on this. I didn't bet a pre-game bet on this because I wanted to see how the Clippers are going to look without uh, Luke and also Paul George. Even though we've seen that a million times this season, I thought there was a little bit of an overreaction. The Clippers were actually uh, laying four before the Paul George news broke, which you probably, if you heard the podcast, are, are aware of. But... Once the news broke, it flipped to Pelicans favored by one. So it was a five-point switch on the Paul George news, which I think often, especially with the star, star players like the LeBrons of the world or whoever is your star player on your team, goes out, 
it moves the line huge, right? Especially more so, I mean, in football, for example, NFL, we know that only quarterbacks really move that line. But with the NBA, it's these star players, right? More so that can move a line like that. I thought this was an overreaction, as I often think it is with these star players. I think moving a line five points for Paul George was a lot, but it was great if you wanted to bet the Clippers. I liked the idea of of the Clippers getting points in this, but they were only getting one. So at that point, you're looking at a money line bet. It's not really what, where, where I wanted to be with this Clippers team. I thought there was a chance that they still win this. I was talking about this with Joey Lynn on Friday, who was our guest. Do they still have a chance at winning? And that was with me factoring Paul George playing, of course. Um, once he was pulled, I didn't feel comfortable betting a money line with this Clippers team. But I still thought that they were going to be the same scrappy Clippers team that we saw all season. And call it West Coast bias, call it LA specific bias, which we're allowed to have on this show because it's the Los Angeles City cast. But I watched this Clippers team all season and the Lakers team. So I felt confident that this team was going to be able to adjust to the absence of Paul George and Luke Kennard, even though those are not positives. Those are not benefits to that team at all. But I just think this team has dealt with so much hardship and played through so much worse throughout the season. You could point to the Lakers on the other hand, right? Oh, so many roster changes, so many different lineups that they ran and they had injuries, but they never really found their footing. The Clippers did, even without all, even with all the ups and downs of their season. So I felt confident that they could kind of address this. And in Ty Lue, by the way, I felt confident in Ty Lue's ability to call this game. But unfortunately, call it a choke job if you want, because they were up by three with five minutes left. I felt good about this almost the whole game because what I did end up doing was betting the Clippers plus 10.5 live. You could even get 9.5. I know I tweeted it out and somebody said, oh, I got 9.5, and, and I felt good about that as well. I love when I can get double digits. It's just a weird thing I have. Um, but yeah, so I did take Clippers plus 10.5 live when they were down early. Uh, that's kind of what I expected to happen. But again, based on the rhythms of watching this team day in and day out. If you are a Clippers or a Lakers fan, and these are the only games you watch, you probably can get a pretty good idea. As long as you do a little bit of research or listen to the Los Angeles City cast, maybe we'll help you. Um, then you'll have an idea of what they're up against as far as the other team. And then you kind of know the rhythms of your team throughout the season. And so for me, I didn't expect the Clippers to come out and be dominant in the first half. And I thought maybe I can get a better number than one, obviously. And again, you're getting 10 and a half. I don't think... There might have been an even better number at some point, but I think it was just about the topped out there. Um, and you didn't even need it because, like I said, they only lost by four. They did not cover that one, that one point loss, but it didn't really have a lot of value. Again, at that point, you might as well just bet a money line, um, which without Paul George was a big ask. So shout out to this Pelicans team. Got the job done. Unfortunately, now we have to watch them in playoffs. More on that in a moment. Um, and also Sports Illustrated now, Farbot and Asari. I'm sorry, and Ashari. We have to bring him on the show so he can tell me how to pronounce his name. Uh, but he, I know that he also works with Joey Lynn. They both work for Sports Illustrated now. He mentioned him on the pod. He tweeted out that the Clippers lost by four points in a game that they missed 12 free throws. So drew attention to that. That was an ongoing issue kind of in the last couple weeks. We've seen some issues with the free throw shooting. Um, I don't know if it determined the whole game for me. There were other things I would point at, but they lose by four. Uh, and they do cover 10 and a half. So the moral of the story is live bet. The Clippers, meanwhile, uh, moving on, don't have a first round pick for the next five years. And they have some roster decisions to make for next season, by the way. Uh, for example, 
I mean, you bring in Kawhi and Paul George, you kind of think, oh, this, I mean, everybody was scared when this happened, when this duo, and then it just hasn't played out, right? Um, Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson under contract next season, but unrestricted free agents, a couple different options here. Robert Covington, obviously the most interesting of this athletic wing, um, three and D I mean, just really, really a great player here and great partner for Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George. If everyone's healthy at the same time, I think he's definitely something that they want to be trying to keep. And I think he also had some sound bites that came out about him wanting to continue his future with the Clippers. So hopefully they can get that hammered out. Uh, Rodney Hood, Semi Ojele, and Isaiah Hartenstein also set to become free agents in the offseason. Hartenstein, I think, is the most valuable of those three. Um, obviously, nice to have a backup big. Um, and I think he's did a really nice job this season, was a, really a critical part of why they were able to be as successful as they were. Um, Wenyan Gabriel, Xavier Moon, James Ennis, and Moses Wright all come off the books for the Clippers this summer. That'll help out their payroll. As for restricted free agents, Amir Kofi and Jay Scrub uh, both have qualifying offers worth $1.57 million each. Kofi, I think, did above expectations, right? Um, might be worth the, the money, honestly. It's, he's not a ton of money. And then Scrub, I don't know. Uh, he's not really a keep, necessarily. Uh, but I could see them keeping him just because of the price. Uh, Nicholas Batum also. Uh, only one with a player option for 2022-2023. He earned $3.3 million next season if he opts into his final year of his contract. So player option for him there, not team option. Uh, I think Batum is also very essential to this team. Hartenstein, Batum, and of course um, Covington are going to be critical for them, I think. Are they going to be able to keep it all? We'll see. Uh, not a lot of money in free agency this summer. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens for the Clippers. Keep in mind, the Clippers, uh, the last four years, 2019, they had a first-round playoff exit. 2020, choke a 3-1 to one lead, in case you forgot. 2021, Western Conference exit, which Kawhi went out of that, and they were very competitive in that, but nevertheless. And then now, 2022, no playoffs at all, which again... No Kawhi Leonard all year, and no Paul George virtually the entire year, and no Paul George in the make-or-break game because of COVID-19. Uh, looking over to the other side real quick before we move on, LeBron's four years with the Lakers so far. First year, no playoffs. Second year, championship in the bubble. Okay, so Clippers no playoffs this year, but perhaps setting them up for something greater next season. Um, but after the championship in the bubble, year three, first round exit, least let we, lest we forget last year, and then year four, no playoffs. So both LA teams missing the playoffs. Sad news for the Los Angeles City cast. Uh, NBA presses on, though. They actually announced the awards finalists as well for MVP and, and all of them, really. Jokic, Embiid, Antetokounmpo finished top three for MVP. And a really close race this year, actually. I can't even, I can't even decide. I was trying to mull this over earlier when I was watching the game ones, which we'll get into in a moment. Uh, but I've heard the stance that Jokic has to do something that much more elite and impressive than he did last year to win back-to-backs. And it's not like they haven't given out back-to-back -back MVP awards before, but I'm a little bit of that mindset. And I do realize how essential he is to this team. Where we're seeing it even more because they're struggling with injuries. Joel Embiid, really strong case, but... Then Giannis is in the mix as well. 
Really tough, really tough race. It seems like it's going to go to Jokic, but we'll see how it shakes out. As for the other game ones that were going on, we're going to talk about them. Yes. Raptors, Sixers, game one. Philadelphia wins by 20 points, 131 to 111. They were four and a half point favorites. That seems egregiously low. Uh, the over hit on this one. Shout out Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris for that. Uh, Maxey finished the night with 38 points. Tobias Harris finished with 26. And that was sorely needed because Joel actually had a tough time. And maybe you could have predicted this if you look at how Nick Nurse handles those elite bigs. Um, but Embiid still got 19 points. That's low for him, of course. He had 15 boards, but definitely struggled. Uh, meanwhile, James Harden, first game uh, in the Eastern Conference playoffs as a sixer. He had 22 points and 14 assists. Uh, but Embiid and Harden combined 11 of 32 from the floor. Not ideal, but good on the Raptors for making that happen. Uh, the Sixers did do one thing very well, which was take care of the ball. Uh, they only turned it over four times, which is mm, chef's kiss. Love that. Uh, Siakam scored 24 for the Raptors. OG Anobi scored, 21, or scored 20. And Fred VanVleet added 18. But bad news for the Raptors. Scotty Barnes. Bad news for basketball fans because, oh, so much fun to watch. But exited the game, Scotty Barnes did, with a left ankle sprain after Joel Embiid unintentionally stepped on his left foot. Uh, at that time, the Sixers were up by 18 points, nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And now it looks like Barnes doubtful for game two, which is going on on Monday. Monday game two, Raptors at the Sixers. The Sixers now a seven-point favorite, total sitting at 218, a little bit of an adjustment after the 20-point blowout. Plain and simple, Philadelphia has the size and the speed advantage, as we saw. And now if you have guys like Maxi and Tobias Harris creating the issues that they are, now the Raptors' defense has to put a lot more attention on Maxi while they're having to pay attention to Joel Embiid and James Harden. Nightmare situation for them. Uh, their ideal setup here, the Raptors would like to just obviously force turnovers. They weren't able to do that. Obviously, like I said, the Sixers only had four. They want to get out in transition. But if you don't let them do that, which the Sixers were successful in, in game one, they should be in, in good shape. I just think the size, the speed, it's just not, not going to be working in their favor. That said, seven... I have to lay seven with the Sixers? I'm insulted. I don't want to lay seven. Um, you could. You could lay seven. Uh, it's a little dicey for me, but this is something I would love to play live. Um, but I don't think I'll get an opportunity to, is the thing. I say I'd love to play it live, but I, I don't... Again, thinking of your game plan ahead of time, I don't think the Sixers are going to fall behind early to the Raptors. If they do, mazel, because I still would love to go in on the Sixers, but... I don't know that you'll get a better number live in this game. So if you want to take the seven, I guess take the seven. Um, or throw the Sixers in a money line parlay, if you will. Total again at 218. Mm, do we see that go over? Possibly. Possibly. Possibly we see that go over. Um, it is a game two, so keep that in mind. But uh, And also keep in mind, by the way, Philadelphia... Not going to have Matisse Thibel for road games in this series. So this is just more of a thinking forward. Because he's unvaccinated, doesn't comply with Canada's COVID vaccine mandate. So definitely asterisk on that when the Sixers are away. Uh, as for the Warriors and Nuggets game one, Warriors won 123 to 107. They cover as six-point favorites again easily. These game ones just seem too easy sometimes, right? Just go with your gut. The better team is going to win. In most cases, the over, uh, it went over to 23 as well. Um, 
you know, the Warriors were an interesting team because a lot of the season it was, we know what they're capable of, but this is not the Warriors team of years past. And it also was a very much injured team. They're now finally healthy. They showed what that actually looks like. Jordan Poole, outstanding 30-point game. Uh, Clay Thompson returned uh, to the playoffs for the first time in, what, three years? <laughs> oh, my God. Is that how long it's been? Makes That makes a lot of things come into perspective. He scored 19, five three-pointers. Uh, Curry, Poole, Thompson, come on. you got to give the Nuggets a chance, uh, especially because they're dealing with some injuries of their own. Jokic had to just do a lot more. If you're looking for props to bet, I bet you, I mean, again, I don't like to bet the star players because those lines are so razor sharp, but Jokic, 25 points, 10 rebounds for Denver, just really rough time for the Nuggets all around. And even for Jokic, because Draymond Green and Kevon Looney just really giving him a hard time. Steph Curry, been out since March 16th with a left foot injury, standing ovation. He is a man of the people. People love Steph Curry. Uh, he was back in, he missed his first couple shots, I believe first five, but he had 11 points after the third quarter. Uh, not clear that he's going to be on a minutes restriction, but why would you overuse him if you don't need to, especially Steve Kerr is not stupid to make that kind of mistake. Um, he did play 18 minutes total. So just gingerly getting back in, it doesn't look like they needed him all that much, except for really as a distraction. You got to guard Steph Curry, even a hurt Steph Curry, even not 100% Steph Curry. Game two is Monday. Nuggets, Warriors, Warriors, a seven-point favorite. Total sitting at 224.5. The Nuggets are just outmatched here. And it's in a largely in because they're not at full strength, right? Jokic is without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So, um, again, a seven. Ugh. All these sevens can't hit, can they? Ay, 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 I don't know. I guess I lean nuggets here. I lean nuggets here. But again, this might be a situation where you can get something live. So consider it. Uh, Timberwolves versus Grizzlies game one. Uh, Timberwolves took game one, 130 to 117. Anthony Edwards has been astounding the last week or in, what, 10 days really. 36 points from him. Carl Anthony Towns wakes up, 29 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. And then on the other side, Memphis's John Morant, really efficient. 32 points on 18 shots. Scored 16 of his points on 20 attempts at the foul line. Love to see that kind of thing. Uh, and Memphis shot really poorly. So it's no shock here that they lost by, what, 13? Um, shooting 25.9% on their three-point attempts. They're 27 three-point attempts. Not even 26%. Not ideal. Not going to do it. But something that can be rectified, I think. Um, the Easter egg, we found one finally in this that I thought was fun, was that T. Morant and Carl Towns Sr., so daddy's here, dad of Carl Anthony Towns and John Morant, uh, have a running bet. So if Minnesota wins the series, T. Morant has to wear Carl Anthony Towns jersey. And if Memphis wins the series, Carl Towns Sr. has to wear Morant's jersey. So fun, so cute, so family-friendly. All of the things I want on Easter. Love to see that. Great little Easter egg for that game. Uh, also, in case you missed it, under a rock, don't watch a lot of NBA, whatever the answer is, uh, a fan was removed from the series in the Grizzlies-Timberwolves who chained herself to the back of the basket and threw flyers out on the court during the second quarter um, at Memphis. Now, this is not the first time that this has happened in a week, in case you missed it. The second fan protest, actually, of the week, because the first was at the Timberwolves playing game versus the Clippers at the Clippers on Wednesday. So the Timberwolves had to deal with this in two separate games now, and maybe uh, maybe it's their lucky charm. 
maybe it's all these protesters. Uh, an animal rights protester glued her hand to the hardwood in their game versus the Clippers last Wednesday. Uh, and, you know, they had to pry her off the floor. I put a poll up on my Instagram and asked who did it better, who wore it better, right? Who did it better, chain girl or glue girl? And overwhelmingly, 70% of the votes came in for glue girl. And I have to agree because she was willing to lose some flesh over that. Like that's commitment. A chain to a basket. Come on. We've seen that a million times. The glue on a basketball court. That, I mean, you've also damaged some public property. So there's a lot more at stake for Glue Girl, and I appreciate that. Uh, let's move on to Jazz at Mavs Game 1. Uh, Utah took the game 99-93, really low-scoring game. No Luka Doncic for the Mavs. Uh, they only lost by six, though, without Luka. So shout-out to Dallas for really making it tough for Rudy Gobert. He only had five points. Dallas could have hit some free throws. This could have looked a little bit different. Uh, Bogdanovich had Utah's only two three-pointers before halftime. Uh, Donovan Mitchell scored 30 of his 32 points after halftime, so that was kind of weird to see as well. It was very cold at the start of the game. Uh, but I do expect this to be a little bit better of a game next, even without Luka in the mix. He does remain day-to-day -day with a strained left calf. So we'll see game two on Monday. Jazz at the Mavs. Jazz getting, or excuse me, laying five and a half points. Total at 205 and a half. So expecting another low scoring affair. Utah's got that uh, top ranked offense from the regular season. So is 205 and a half too low? I don't know. Seems like it for an NBA game, especially. Uh, but it is a uh, one day rest. No Luka. I don't know. 205 is temptingly low. Uh, if we move on to Sunday's games, it was Hawks versus Heat in game one. The Heat won 115-91. to 91. They covered a six and a half, seven point favorites. Doesn't matter. They covered both by a lot. Uh, 14 to 15 points under the total here. So really, really under. Uh, Duncan Robinson lit it up. Trey Young snuffed out. Just could not make shots. That was pretty much the story of this game. Robinson came off the bench, set a franchise playoff record with eight three-pointers, and listen to how he did it. 27 points on nine of ten shooting for the Heat. Eight of nine from three. Eight of nine. He could not miss except that one. Uh, Jonathan Montobel, our senior NBA analyst at VEASAN, had this series pick. Heat in six, and that was before game one that he picked that. Uh, and I like where this is looking. I almost could see Heat in five, honestly. And we talked about this at Hardwood Handicappers last week, and I really pointed out the Heat, which I was like, I know it's a one seed. That's not exciting to point out. But I think I really got behind this Heat team when they were in the bubble. How fun was that? You know, Jimmy Butler had the coffee company going as well. I like this Heat team. I like Spolstra. So go Heat. I think they're going to get this done in five or six games. Uh, the Nets and the Celtics game one. Brooklyn, fourth quarter, down by 11. Oh, 14 turnovers, losing on the glass. But in the final moments, it looks like a comeback. The Celtics lose this 15-point lead. Nets go on a 15-2 and run. Kyrie Irving goes off. He cannot miss. He's shooting above guys that are way taller than him uh, and with fans that are just heckling the crap out of him. 11 seconds left. They double Kyrie, who wastes so much time, and finally kicks it out to Durant, who had less than four seconds to shoot. Of course, the three doesn't go in. Celtics grab it. Derek White pushes the ball down the court. Jalen Brown gets it to the baseline. Uh, he gets cut off. He spins. He kicks it to Marcus Smart. It was just beautiful team basketball here. But instead of being the hero, Smart, pump fake, 
over to Jason Tatum, spin move layup, and that's game. They had to check the timer because it was such a close call, but this game definitely delivered. Boston wins 115-114. to 114. I honestly was looking down at my phone right as this was happening. I had to watch the replay because I was like, oh, Nets won. Um, but, but it, you know, I looked up, I go, oh, oh, Boston won. So don't look down at your phone. Um, just put your phone away more often in general is my suggestion. The Nets cover plus four though. I definitely think that, that was the right side to be on and you're getting points with them again in the next game. Uh, I definitely would look to the Nets. They're not going to go away quietly. They have Kevin Durant on the team. We saw what Kyrie was capable of doing. The fact that they lost in that final bucket, I mean, you know, not egregious necessarily to me. The turnovers, a little bit more egregious. Uh, the over 226.5 hit on this game. Uh, Celtics killed him in the paint. 56-32 to 32 advantage in points in the paint. And Tatum, of course, great game. 31 points on 9 of 18 shooting. Smart finished with 20 points on 8 of 17 shooting. 7 rebounds, 2 steals. The Celtics team is just deeper. I think that they're going to get this done. Uh, I believe JVT had his pick as Celtics in 7. Uh, not a team you want to face is a team that has Kevin Durant on it. But I do think that the Celtics have the ability to go the distance for this. And I don't know that the Nets do. The rotten egg that I have here, I didn't want to say this is an Easter egg, but the rotten egg of the situation is that Ben Simmons out for game one. I don't know why that's news. He's been out. He hasn't played a game this season, but there is talk, which we love talk. I'm all about talk and no action, said nobody. Uh, there's talk that he'll make an appearance at some point in the series if he can return to game condition and lessen his back soreness. We wish that for him. We wish it all of the health in the world. Uh, also not an Easter egg because not a hidden message at all. Boston fans booing Kyrie, yelling at him. Saw a sign that said Kyrie is the enemy. That gave me a chuckle. He did flip off some fans. After the game, he said, all is fair in competition. Irving said, if somebody's going to call me out on my name, I'm going to look them straight in the eye and see if they're really about it. Most of the time, they are not. Which I wish you could do to like Twitter, social media trolls. Because if you had to say some of the stuff that they say to your face, they would literally evaporate, liquidate, melt nine times out of 10. Nobody's that tough in person, right? Keyboard warriors. Uh, game two is Tuesday in Boston, Nets Celtics. Celtics laying three and a half. I don't know, take the points with the Nets, why not? They're gonna be on a revenge tour. They can't go down two. Uh, and then Bulls at Bucks, game one, Bucks win 93 to 86. Opened at eight and a half here, closed up to 10 and a half. Bulls covered all of the spread on that. Which, shout out to the Bulls, because I think that a lot of people were low on the Bulls, including myself, going into this game. And obviously the books were as well, and, and the betters were, because it opened at 8.5 and, and got pushed up to almost 10.5, or 10.5 at at least one book. So not a lot of confidence in this Bulls team, but yet we're able to keep this game within 10 points, uh, which is an accomplishment, frankly, at least for betting purposes. The total for this was 228.5 up to 229.5. Only 179 points scored, so way under. Uh, the one opportunity that the Bulls could really take advantage of here is, of course, the Bucks allowing so many three-pointers being one of their worst categories is defending the three, but the Bulls just not being able to be very successful. They don't take most of their shots from there. So I don't see this being a, a series that the Bulls can win, but... Shout out to them for covering this spread. All of them. Bucks beat the Bulls all four times they played this season, by the way. So yeah, this is going to be a Bucks series. Pelicans at Suns, final one, game one. Suns won 110 to 99. Left this one for the end because not much to say here. Just not, not, it's just, mm, it's unfortunate that this isn't Clippers Suns with Paul George because that 
That I would like to watch. Pelicans at Suns, not so much. Uh, the Suns covered minus nine and a half. They covered minus ten and a half. They covered all of it. Phoenix, simply too talented, too deep, which is also something you could say about the Phoenix Mercury. WNBA is coming soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll be back for more LA action on Wednesday. And we will hopefully have a guest as well so that you don't have to just hear my voice. Come on back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.